welcome to Side Talks. The podcast. <laughs> yes, this isn't a welcome. This isn't Side Talks, the ceiling fan. I don't know what else it would be. This, there's only a handful of Side podcasts Talks, out the, there. Yeah. We don't need to say it. I mean, Side Talks, like the cement mixer. <laughs> um, this is Side Talks, the podcast. Uh, what do we do on this podcast? And who the heck are you? We talk about them movies. And I'm who Rachel the heck Morgan. are you? I'm Rachel Morgan. <laughs> I think I'm Rachel Morgan. I am the creative director for the Sidewalk Film Festival and Cinema. And I think I'm Corey Kraft. I'm ready to talk about some cinema. Let's do it. Okay. What's this shit? Wow. <laughs> that was that was a lot even by your standards. I know. I lunged I lunged into the microphone for it <laughs> just to keep you on your toes. I well, saw you looking at your phone. You need to wake up. I'm I'm awake. I'm awake. Okay. I'm ready to guess what and this also, shit is. You're going to get this one. So damn fast. I mean, you keep saying that, and it keeps not happening. This one, though. This one, though. I, right. I really think. Okay, you're ready. Right. Yep. So I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna be so vague because I think once I mention who it is, you're gonna be like, oh, they're saluting. Okay. I mean, it is you know it it is that week, the week in which a president, a new president, has been inaugurated. So um, they're saluting in this, like okay. presidential saluting. Gotcha. They're touring a governmental facility. Okay. There are people wearing the white suits, like the ET suits, in a big white room. Okay. Do you know what it is? Well, I'm supposed to know it based on I, that. I'm actually shocked you don't. If I told you who the actor was, you would, you would probably get. It. Well, I, 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 this is a person playing. This person touring is who's being toured around is uh-huh. is indeed the president. Supposedly. Okay, so the president is being taken to a facility, a white room where people are wearing ET suits. Yes, not ET, ET like the alien ET, right. but like the science. <laughs> like okay. the, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that would be weird. I don't know what film that would be. Not even Mac and Me. Okay, so and it's like they, there's a lot of Mr. President, Mr. President, this uh-huh, and that uh-huh. going on, um, and then. Let's see. Oh, a, like a, a long-haired dude who's, of course, like a scientist, a crazy long-haired hippie scientist guy walks up. Okay. Is is the is the president played by Bill Pullman? Yes. And then this is Independence Day. Yes. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. All you had to do is, is say- Bill Pullman. Well, long-haired crazy scientist okay. guy because that guy, that's that's Data. That's Mr. Data from Star Trek uh, The Next Generation, Brent Spiner. Oh, I had no idea, yeah. but- I have never seen Independence Day. What? So, <laughs> Wait, what? I've never seen it. And I can't believe how bad it is. I was laughing so yes, hard. Yes, but that's not the point. So I clicked around and found another scene just so I would be a little more in the know when I brought this to you. Uh-huh. And I went to the scene that's the one that's like, peace, no peace. Yeah, the alien grabs <laughs> Yeah, the alien the grabs uh, so Prince Spider. The alien's so cute. I love it. Mm, well, but and, they're they're... Uh, big uh, bio suits that they wear, not so cute with the tentacles and whatnot. No, it, it also I had didn't that re- action I, figure as a child. I did. Well, I didn't realize I could shoot this in my bathroom with your action figures from childhood <laughs> because that's what this shit looks like. And then when he's like, "What do you want?" And he's like, "Die!" I mean, I can't even believe that this is a film that has like that. I bet is on some people's favorite list. It was. Like Terrible. the biggest movie of that <laughs> summer that that came out in like what 1996 or something. I tell you, no. it was all anybody in my circuit could talk about, and by my circuit, I mean the 10 to 11 year old demographic. Oh um, man, this we were is all bad. about Independence Day. Uh, I'm still kind peace? of all about Independence no Day. Peace. <laughs> no, it, look, 
I mean, everything that you're saying is correct. It's an objectively ridiculous movie, but there's still something kind of awesome about it. You got Will Smith there. You got Jeff Goldblum being like, mm, ah, mm, mm, aliens. And, you know, Bill Pullman has those fun, like, rousing presidential moments. I mean, it's Bill Pullman of I all people. I love Bill Pullman, but you know who, what deducts Bill Pullman from this film? Will Smith. Have we already fought about Will Smith? Oh, add it to the list. I feel like we have. That little bitch. Oh, come on. He's, anyway. He's fine. You got it. Anyway, you got it pretty Day, quickly. Not a great movie, but a fun movie. <laughs> and the that, opposite like, of is... great. What's the opposite of great, Corey? Bad? <laughs> but like, it's a 90s blockbuster. I, I've, got, I've got fondness for it. You know what I want? What? Die. <laughs> <laughs> And now, a look at what we're watching this week. So, Rachel, it's time to talk about what we've been watching. What have you been watching? So, I went back to, I believe, 1980. Okay. And this film would have been then shot sort of a little prior to 1980. Plus, uh, you know, 1980 was kind of like the 70s. I mean, we weren't – what you picture, the sort of the stereotype of the 80s, and the stereotype of that 80s-looking film, you're not going to really start getting till around 82, 83. And then, of course, it's going to, you know, it's a prime in, in, in 84. So this is a 1980 film that has a very um, a very, very 70s kind of aesthetic uh-huh. look and, and vibe to it. And it is a film called Bad Timing. Which oh, is, yeah. Which is, yeah. The yeah, Nicholas Rogue movie. Nicholas Rogue movie. With Art Garfunkel. With Art Garfunkel and um, Teresa Russell. Yeah. And um, it is part of the Criterion Collection. So, Criterion, I am questioning you. Uh-oh. Not because I don't like the film. Okay. I am very torn about how I feel about this film. But this film is problematic AF. Yeah. I've never seen it, but that is what I have heard about it. I am having a lot of issues with what happens in this film. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it hinges on the title. And I'm really not sure what we're getting at here. So to be reductive, because I, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to give anything away. I'm not, see, I'm not saying like nobody should see this film. There are films that I feel like I would tell people not to see. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Faces of Death series. I think that stuff is bullshit. Sure, that's not cinema. It's not cinema. It's just snuff. Um, and I think it's really disturbing in a way that is not productive. Right. Um, and I also am um, going to go on on the record to say that um, what and I go on the record to say it, and, and now I've just totally blanked the name of the film, but the documentary that you know that I really have a lot of problems with, The, uh, the Art of Killing. Oh, The Act of Killing. Act of Killing, I'm sorry. Look well, of Silence. and I don't mind The Look of Silence. The Act of Killing, I have had a very upsetting response to. I don't think that there's ever any excuse to give a microphone uh, to somebody and give time and space in a film to somebody who wants to talk about the delicacy of of having sex with children and raping children and, yeah. how, and how enjoyable that is. Yeah. I don't, I don't fucking care what point you're trying to make. That person doesn't get the floor. Yeah. They just don't. I don't want to hear them savor that. That's a, that's a tough. Yeah. And then there's a reenactment that of, of, you know, of, of a killing in a village of a, of a sort of mass killing that they, that the filmmaker makes children participate in. Right. And while this film is heralded as being so wonderful and great, I am I have deep, deep problems with it, and is one of the very few films that are on my list of films that I think that w- should not be watched. Wow. Okay. I know. I know. But 
I, that's not where I'm about time. Sure. Okay? That's not where I am. This is a different world. And I'm sorry for going on that bit of a tangent. No, but I'm, that, I'm that was a dark to, place to go. I'm curious to pick your brain about that later some yeah. other time. Yeah. And, and I've had this conversation. So I, I, co- I co-taught a documentary film class with Andy Grace for yeah. over a decade, well over a decade, 13 years and at the University of, of Alabama. And he that was on our watch list. And I was very – I objected to that. And that was part of the conversation was sure. that Andy took full credit for – having put that on the list and and we would have a conversation about my objections to it and I oftentimes would have students side with me and oftentimes not and so yeah. it's a conversation I, you know we can we can certainly have uh, and one that I'm used to having and I get that my perspective on it is not one that is embraced by everyone but it is where it is so anyway back back to bad timing though uh, not to go too much down that road of darkness uh, this film it is a film about to be super reductive it is a film about being just all consumed by wanting to possess someone mm-hmm. and 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 feelings of jealousy and where and where that can um, passion and jealousy and of want, of just wanting to totally consume somebody and watching that cause a human being and w- in this case Art Garfunkel <laughs> played by Art Garfunkel to just absolutely lose control of themselves and you know it's it's reckless and. The behavior is reckless and 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 wild and you know ferocious and it's and you sort of watch that you watch that transpire yeah and there is I, it's hard to talk about this film and, and talk about my issues with this film without revealing what happens sure and so I'm dan- that's why I'm having so much trouble sort of dancing around it because I don't I don't think it's worthwhile to see if I've told you what happens yeah yeah uh, and so I'm being protective of that but but it it. It doesn't land in a pretty place, and it, the way in which everything plays out, really, really disturbs me. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I think it's irresponsible filmmaking. Wow. Well, he is. I mean, or was. I guess he's no longer with us, Nicholas Rogue, but a, a very provocative filmmaker. I mean, um, not so much with the man who fell to earth. His collaboration yeah. with David Bowie, though, that is, you know, provocative. Aesthetically, I would say, yeah, yeah. M- movies That's like uh, Walk About and uh, especially Don't Look Now, yeah, um, are uh, really kind of tough watches at places. Um, so it doesn't surprise me to hear that he made kind of a bracingly sort of difficult and provocative movie, uh, though it, it is one that I haven't seen. Um, so I, I kind of wish I had, so you could further express, you know, your feelings on it. But I, I do. You know, now I'm interested to watch it in a perverse way, I well, guess. You know, I, I, that's the whole thing is I'm not telling you this is on a do not watch list. No. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm a little conflicted by my feelings enough to want to take more time to explore them. But my, my initial reaction to this is, is, a, is a very – I'm disturbed by the amount – it's also – I just – this film doesn't – this film doesn't land where it lands if it was directed by a woman, period. That mm. I will stand so, by so that. So it's, it's that kind hands of thing. Down. Um, okay. Yeah. And it contains this also features a very young and pretty Harvey Keitel. Oh, yeah, yeah. So worth worth your viewing, and then we'll discuss. But, okay. But that is a film that I've seen, and that <laughs> that I'm trying to talk about without really being able to talk about it. But I've, hopefully, I've told, I've said enough to either, you know, have folks disagree or agree with me or want to see the film, perhaps. Yeah. Well, what I've been watching is hardly so. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, I was just going to talk about a dumb Stephen King adaptation. So I love it. I, I guess it's good that you went first. The dumb Stephen King in uh, adaptation in question that I have been watching is Needful Things oh, from boy. 1993. Oh, boy. Um, How's that going? Uh, it, it not well. Um, it's not a good movie. <laughs> um, it's it's. It's based on uh, his 1991 novel, um, which I think, if memory serves, might have been the first Stephen King novel I ever read. And I'm a, oh, I'm a wow. big Stephen King guy. I don't know why that would have been first. I think it might have just been hmm. placed into my hands when I was a child, and I just went and, and read it. it. It does come chronologically at a weird point in his career, because the novel is the last uh, of his big novels that take place in the small town of Castle Rock. Yeah. Uh, which is um, the setting for The Dead Zone and Cujo and The Dark Half and um, the story The Body, which became the film Stand By Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I started at the end uh, in, in the, the Stephen King chronology. Anyway, I'd never seen this film adaptation, um, and it turns out for good reason. Um, it's kind of a big mess. It, it's a sprawling novel featuring a ton of – uh, supporting characters uh, in this small town that Stephen King weaves into this large web of, of horror and treachery as he tends to do right yeah. in his epic novels. Um, the translation to film, not successful, <laughs> though it does have a really, really good cast. You've got Ed Harris as the protagonist, though, sadly, uh, he is pretty bland. Uh, um, he's not bad. He's not able to do his Ed Harris thing because that's Ed Harris bad. is a, an explosive and extremely talented actor. But you have Max von Sydow, the great Max von Sydow, playing the antagonist, Leland Gaunt, who comes to Castle Rock and opens a town or opens a store where uh, the small town shoppers can acquire anything they desire as long as the price is right. Um, in that cast, you have Amanda Plummer, who has this she plays a wonderfully weird Amanda Plummer character as, yeah. as she does. You've got Bonnie Bedelia, uh, JT Walsh, the great JT Walsh, um, as the uh, corrupt local politician who eventually goes crazy, which is a Stephen King type. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in smaller supporting roles, uh, familiar faces like Ray McKinnon. Uh, and Don S. Davis, the actor who played Major Briggs on Twin Peaks. So nothing <laughs> wrong with the cast. It's a shame that they weren't given a more solid adaptation of a pretty good novel um, to work with. The, the reason I watched this is because my wife just finished reading the novel. Yeah. I had never seen the movie um, did so she like the novel? She liked the novel. She did not like the movie, um, which I think is where a lot of people fall yeah. <laughs> when it comes to needful things. And a lot of other Stephen King adaptations, unfortunately, let's face it. Unfortunately, that's true. There have been some excellent ones. I mean, we can point to Carrie and The Shining. Sure, of uh, course. And um, I love Cronenberg's The Dead Zone. I uh, love The Dead Zone. Yeah. I think The Dead Zone is wonderful. Yeah, it's a great movie. And then you've got you know some of the Frank Darabont adaptations. People love The Shawshank. Redemption and and I don't I, like the Shawshank. Redemption. I love The Mist. I think The Mist is terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, do you? How do you feel about Stand by Me? My brother's favorite film when we were, were kids. Can I make a confession? Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. And, and that's another Stephen King adaptation. But that based I need on to a short to. story, yes. which which that is, I will say that seems to be a little bit possibly more success there because you you know the materials. Right. I mean, materials more narrow. You know, for instance. Um, it is another one of those giant doorstopper novels from Stephen King, uh, and I love that novel. And it has now been shakily adapted twice, uh, yeah. first into a miniseries, then into the set of blockbuster films that are 
intermittently successful, not yeah. not hugely successful as adaptations. Um, but you know, he keeps making them books. They keep making them <laughs> that money, and the Prolific. film adaptations keep rolling out. So I'll keep watching them, I guess. Um, so that's uh, that's what I've been watching. Cool. Thank you for listening to Side Talks. We are your own personal Stanley Kubrick and Steven Spielberg. I, th- I thought you were going to say Stanley Kubrick and Shelley Duvall there for a second, <laughs> and I got really nervous. Oh, that would be, ooh, that's too provocative. Right, right. But I like the Kubrick-Spielberg thing. Yeah. They yeah. were friends. They were. They yeah. were friends. Nobody yelled at anybody there, oh. as far as we know. Do you think there's any relationship in which Kubrick didn't yell a little? Maybe a little. Except his cats. Yeah. He would never yell at the cats, but oh. other than that. Anyway, thanks to Beltwell Studios. <laughs> uh, check us out at SidewalkFest.com for the latest information on what's going on at the Sidewalk Cinema. Also, we're on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Check us out there and all of the antics that we get up to uh, on social media, which are fun, I guess. They're pretty fun. Yeah. And thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Beltwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words our expertise.